0: My name is Jim Fleming and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stuart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now let's get to this week's lesson. Well good morning everybody, and welcome to week one of Colossians. I am excited, I hope you're excited, just a quick overview of where we're at today. Uh, so we'll we'll walk through the introduction of the teal book. Um, there is not a like swear jar for every time I say green book, uh, but you guys feel free to keep count on your own if you'd like to. Uh, we'll look at the history of Colossi, history of the Colossian Church, and then I will read, Lord willing, all of Colossians. And it is so much fun. Like I thought, Philippians was fun. Oh, you hadn't seen nothing yet. You hadn't seen nothing yet. All right, so let's, uh, let's walk through our introduction of the Teal Book. Uh, so if you've got it with you, uh, you'll want it in front of you. Does everybody have a physical copy in front of them? For those of you online, you can go to OurSundaySchool.com. There's one there. It looks like everybody's got one. Excellent. All right. I'm on page five of the Teal Book. So just to review what we do in here... Our purpose is to experience, know, and enjoy God, so we can make him known with our words and our works, and everything we do is wrapped around this central tenet. We do this in three different ways. We study the Bible, right? Yep. We pray for others, right? Right. And then we serve others. Uh, And I think we will be challenged doing all three of these as we look at Philippians Uh, Our Bible study process is very simple. We even wrote a little boat. Uh, What's, ah, ah, there's one, there's one. That was one Philippians, yes. Uh, We even wrote a little book about it. So if you've not read the little red book, how do I not have any here with me? That is unbelievable. I don't have any red books here. All right, mental note, bring some red books here. Uh, but you can find one at OurSundaySchool.com, uh, and that's where I wanted to go next. Uh, our process is what we'll walk through next week, but on page six, uh, we're looking at uh, all of our resources are at OurSundaySchool.com, so if you're not familiar with what's there, just a quick review. So today, we're at Colossians Introduction. Uh, At the bottom of the home screen, you can always see what last week was, what this week is, what next week is, as well as a link right here. This book will bring up the Teal Book. I'm remembering. All right, let's walk through the website real quick. So, about, if you want to be a member of our Sunday school, it's very straightforward. Watch the video right here. Let me know you want to commit to the membership expectations. You can listen online to all of the lessons that we have posted online. Thank you, Dave Barber, for your unrelenting, unremitting faithfulness in this. Last week was week 584 of the podcast. It's redonkulous, right? Uh, you can also subscribe. We have a public Facebook page. Hello, public Facebook page. This is what gets broadcast out on Sunday mornings. We have a private Facebook page where our prayer requests get shared. Members only have access to the private. Everybody on the earth that has access to the Internet has access to the public. Uh, and then I do a weekly... Uh, actually, we'll get to the subscribe here. In just. Actually, there's one more. Uh, yeah. So on the study page is all of our prior lessons that I think are good. I scrapped about 300 or so because they just weren't up to the quality that I wanted. So about 670 lessons ago, I felt like the quality elevated a bit and was worth keeping. So if you ever need material to teach, here's a zip file with all sorts of fun stuff. It also will show you... Where we're at in Colossians at any given time, what the tentative schedule is for the next few weeks. Uh, And then you can subscribe. We've got a YouTube channel. That's where this will be also posted on YouTube uh, because I don't trust major social media platforms not to pull content at random. Uh, And I also keep physical backups, and electronic backups in multiple places because my friend Dave Barber told me that was a good idea. You can subscribe to our podcast and to our mailing list. So our email list goes out usually each week-ish, uh, and it'll send you links to what we studied in class, links to what was covered most recently. So that's all the stuff at OurSundaySchool.com. i on still at the top of page 6. If you move a little further down page 6, I want to show you what this resource that you're holding in your hands is all about, how it is constructed, what the format is, because if you just pick it a random page, it can be a bit daunting, right? So we'll spend just a minute trying to undaunt the... the t- oh, almost said it, the teal book. Does it count if I start, but don't? it doesn't... Okay, I've got to finish it. All right, great. All right, you're counting, yeah. it's the... Pharisees are us. All right, so we've got, uh, um, (laughs) I love you, brother. I love you, brother. (laughs) You're counting that one, too, right? (laughs) All right, so when you see bold black text, this is our primary text that we are studying, which is the Greek New Testament. That is our primary text. So when you look at this book and you're like, this has a lot of Greek. Yeah, it's because our primary text is Greek. Uh, Are we going to read Greek? No, that's why the book is so thick. It's all the stuff to help us not have to actually read Greek. These are the helps that we've rearranged to get here. Red text is from the Christian Standard Bible. Blue text are all the Bible references. Flip over to page 7. Page 7. Top of page 7. This is your cheat sheet to how the book is laid out. So we've got a verse number, the CSB, The NA28 text, NA28 is the fancy word for the Greek text that we use, Uh, the Nestle Alon 28th edition. There's the Strong's number, the Strong's entry, the Strong's transliteration, the part of speech uh, with any associated morphological analysis, the Strong's uh, gloss or definitions, as well as how many times this word shows up in the New Testament and how many times it shows up in Colossians. That is present for every single Greek word in the entire Greek Epistle of Colossians. So we'll see an English word and then all the detail about the Greek an English word and then all the detail about the Greek. That's how you use this book and Dave gets on to me all the time for not like showing the stuff that we've built and how it works. So thank you Dave for your gentle and kind uh, recommendations. All right so uh, at the bottom of each page if you just open up to any random page in the book, you're more than likely going to see a page that looks something like this with lots of black text and then this white space at the bottom. The white space at the bottom are for the applications. This is what we're going to define as what the point of this text was, as well as the personalizations. What are we going to do with those points? And it's the the name of our class is intentional. It is our. This is not Jim's Sunday school class. This is our Sunday school class. So What is the point? And then what do we collectively do? So if you came for a Bible study where you were on your own and you study the Bible on your own, that is not what this is. We do this together. All right. Now, the bottom of page seven uh, is a little section of commentaries. So uh, I would suggest you consider purchasing and or engaging with some of these. Each one brings a different perspective and focus. Uh, And I asked last week if anybody was, oh, you guys are killing me. You're killing me. Oh, my God. How am I supposed to stay glued when two of my favorite people in the world? Now, Josh, don't feel bad that I didn't explode when, yeah. I. You know, as a teacher, you see something, and it's like bright and shiny, and you chase it, and then you realize, I've just sawed the plank off that I'm standing on, and... I I love. I love you, man. I love you, man. Uh, and I was. <sighs> How do you recover, right? Uh, so, Josh, thank you. Was the only person who reached out to me and said, "Jim, I would like a commentary." So, guess who gets first pick? Josh gets first pick. Uh, she she. We talked about a commentary, she didn't say she wanted one, but I have, like, like these are the ones that are, are not going to, um, how do I say this, I think we stand an even chance of not being frustrated with this set, how about that, how about that, uh, I am quite excited about several of these. All right, so if you're interested, here's the rules of the game. The rules of the game are really simple. I will provide you a free commentary for you to keep. Your objective is to read the one or two pages, sometimes as many as, wait for it, three pages a week, and provide me back with a screenshot or an email or a text message of any quote that you were like, that was helpful. Then that's cool. So these will be up here. After class, we will not take time right now to do it, but I do want you to see, and this took a minute, I want you to see some of the men and women will be, like their voices are in the background as we go through. So Dr. Greg Beale, FF Bruce, does he look angry? He was angry, but he could teach some Bible, guys, let me tell you. Uh, the black and white photo does indicate that uh, he has passed on. Dr. John Davenant who, Spurgeon said, wrote not just the best commentary on Colossians in the 1650s, the best commentary that had ever been written about any book anywhere. It is also 9,000 pages long, so I did not bring, it's not, but it's like this big, and it's eight-point font, and it's crazy, and it's written like you would expect him to write it, Uh, and it is a glorious exaltation in Jesus Christ. So we've got Jimmy Dunn, uh, David Garland, uh, Murray Harris, Ken Hughes, Dick Lucas. Does anybody know Dick Lucas? Is that name familiar with anybody? Nobody? Oh, just like If he looks like the granddad that you look, like, yes, this he was such, such a wonderful. Uh, he, he's still alive, but uh, he has got some health issues right now. Scott McKnight, uh, Doug Moo, this is the one that will frustrate you. He will frustrate me this time. Uh, Scotty Pace, Danny Aiken, uh, David Powell, Jen Wilkins in the house, and then uh, Tom Wright. And this is how I feel when I read NT Wright like he's just staring into my soul. Gently, lovingly, but he is. He's got a great podcast He has a lot of material online, it is unbelievable. Um, It is unbelievable. All right, so uh, my hope for this resource, I'm going to paraphrase a tweet from City of Light. I pray this resource might join the many thousands of resources written throughout history to encourage the church and when it has played its part to make way for the next so that at the end of all things, the only name left standing is the name of Jesus as it should be. So... Page 10, cheat sheet for Greek verbs. If you look at the content in the teal book, see, now I'm remembering. There we go. We're getting there. We're getting there. Repetition is good. And you see a word like imperfect. We, we don't mean it's wrong. We mean something else. So this is how to navigate through the Greek verbs. Page 11, how to navigate through the nouns. Greek is pretty awesome because nouns follow the same rules as adjectives do. So one page for nouns, same page for adjectives. Page 12 is our preposition circle. We'll refer back to this many, many times. Prepositions usually indicate the relationship, some type of a visual or spatial relationship. So this helps us understand kind of what direction things are going. So that's pages 12, 13. Page 14 has some punctuation because why would Greek punctuation be like English punctuation, you say? It's not. So it doesn't look like exactly what it is. It's kind of different. And then in page 15, uh, we've got a map, which for our purposes this morning is not quite sufficient. So just as an orientation, Rome's over here. This is where Paul is. Philippi's here. This is where we were. Colossae is here. This is where we are now. So with that, let's keep moving quickly. Now, what we have done so far is the first bullet. We're going to move a little quicker as we go through the second, third, and fourth bullet. So, a little history of Colossae. Um, We're going to get into much, much more in the next, Lord willing, four, six, eight weeks, the background and history of Colossae. Uh, I just want to uh, give us a a brief introduction here. So, this this city was a really big deal, well, hundreds of years before Paul. By the time Paul shows up on the scene, we've deteriorated quite a bit. It's still a thing, but it's not like, wow, what in the world? Uh, And if you read any commentary on Colossians, what you will hear some version of is what I would argue Wikipedia probably described the best, is this fusion of religious influences. Colossae was a city of yes. Yes, we will take a little of this, and yes, we will take a little of this, and yes, we will take a little of this, and yes, we will take a little of this, and we'll blend it all up, and whoo, this slurry is amazing. And Paul comes along and says, you don't mix our Lord Jesus Christ with anything. And he exalts in who the person and work of Christ is, and just like, wow, wow. It's unbelievable. So I want to show you a picture of what Colossae looks like today. Two pictures here. This is all that remains of any buildings in Colossae. This was their uh, Acropolis, the place on the high part of the city that they would have built where their worship center was. How does their worship center look today? It's gone. It looks rough, right? (laughs) It's very rough, right? They need a a weed eater is what they need. No. Uh, Say it again. Good hand flip. Oh, there we go. I've been working on it, right? This is, you got to play the video. Uh, yeah, so as we, as we keep in mind Paul's words to Colossae, I think a long view of history is helpful sometimes. Just to remember what's still around, what's not still around. What's still around, what's not still around, Right? So let's talk about the history of the Colossian church for just a moment. Uh, To do this, I want to show us some slides that we saw a few weeks ago when we walked through Paul's missionary journeys. So this is Paul's first missionary journey. So you see the, the yellow and the orange line. So he starts off at Antioch, makes a little turn, comes back to Antioch. Does it look like he passes through Colossae? No. So first missionary journey, Acts 13 and 14, no Colossae. All right, second missionary journey. Comes up and over and over and over, and away we go, and around and around and around and back. Does it look like he went through Colossae? No. So we've got Acts uh, 15 through 18, 22. Third missionary journey starts in Antioch, comes over, gets a little closer, comes up and back. Does he go through Colossae, though? No. No. We don't have like hard and fast evidence that he was in Colossae directly from the scriptures, except maybe we do. So let's go to Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18. Look at verse 23. This is the first verse of his third missionary journey. So verse 22, on landing in uh, Caesarea, he went up to Jerusalem and greeted the church and then went down to Antioch. Verse 23, after spending some time there, there was a hot minute that passed, he set out traveling through one place after another in the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples in the region of Galatia and Phrygia. So while not listed explicitly, he was in the area, all right? So what I'm not going to do, because I don't think the biblical text justifies it, is say, Paul never knew them. And I'm also not going to say, Paul knew them. I think there was actually a little bit of a mix. I think there were a couple of folks there he might have known, and a couple of folks there he hadn't met, because the text says almost explicitly that. And you end up with this war between commentaries who are like, I believe this, and I believe this. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Should we get angry about this? I'm not really sure. So verse 19, chapter 19, verse 1, Acts 19, 1. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions and came to Ephesus. So through these interior regions. Skip down to verse 8. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly over a period of three months, arguing and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some became hardened and would not believe, slandering the way in front of the crowd, he withdrew from them, taking the disciples and, was, uh, and conducted discussions every day in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years, so that all the residents of Asia, both Jews and Greeks, heard the word of the Lord. All the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Like, y'all with me? Great. Let's keep rolling. So we have looked at the history of the Colossian church. Do we now for Philippians? That was on purpose. Uh, we knew some of the uh, founding members of the church, right? So we had Lydia, the Philippian jailer, the demon-possessed girl that was no longer demon-possessed because the gospel is amazing. Uh, what did we hear about the believers in the Colossian church? What would y'all hear? We got any names? Because I read you everything in the, in the Acts of the Apostles that might be referential to Colossians. Did you hear any descriptions of people? Like we, we don't know. So we have to get what we think we know from the text itself about the group there. So, guess what it's time to do? It's time to read Colossians. So, I would encourage you to do this. I would encourage you to uh, close your Bibles and listen to the text being read. I would encourage us to ask the Spirit for help. So, Spirit, help us. Give us ears to hear what you are saying to us right now. This is a beautiful text, and don't be distracted with anything else, just Listen to this beautiful letter. So, Colossians, for the first time. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will and Timothy, our brother, to the saints in Christ at Colossae, who are faithful brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints because of the hope reserved for you in heaven. You have already heard about this hope in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. It is bearing fruit and growing all over the world, just as it has among you since the day you heard it and came to truly appreciate God's grace. You learned this from Epaphras, our dearly loved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. And he has told us about your love in the Spirit. For this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We're asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds as expressed in your evil actions, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him. If indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard, this gospel has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and I, Paul, have become a servant of it. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for you, and I am completing in my flesh what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for his body, that is, the church. I have become its servant according to God's commission that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. I labor for this, striving with his strength that works powerfully in me. For I want you to know how greatly I am struggling for you, for those in Laodicea, and for all who have not seen me in person. I want their hearts to be encouraged and joined together in love, so that they may have all the riches of complete understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery, Christ. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I am saying this so that no one will deceive you with arguments that sound reasonable. For I may be absent in body, but I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see how well-ordered you are in the strength of your faith in Christ. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in him, being rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, overflowing with gratitude. Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elements of the world rather than Christ. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ, and you have been filled by him who is the head over every ruler and authority. You were also circumcised in him with a circumcision not done with hands by putting off the body of flesh in the circumcision of Christ when you were buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead." And when you were raised dead, and when you were dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him and forgave us all our trespasses. He erased the certificate of death with its obligations that was against us and opposed to us and has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them in him. Therefore, don't let anyone judge you in regard to food and drink or in the manner of a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of what was to come. The substance is Christ. Let no one condemn you by delighting in ascetic practices in the worship of angels, claiming access to a visionary realm. Such people are inflated by empty notions of their unspiritual mind. He doesn't hold on to the head from whom the whole body nourished together and held together by its ligaments and tendons grows with growth from God if you died with Christ to the elements of the world why do you live as if you still belong to the world why do you submit to regulations like don't handle don't taste don't touch all these regulations refer to what is destined to perish by being used up they are human commands and doctrines Although these have a reputation for wisdom by promoting self-made religion, false humility, and severe treatment of the body, they are not of any value in curbing self-indulgence. So, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life, appears. Then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient, and you once walked in these things when you were living in them. But now, put away all the following, anger, wrath, malice, Slander and filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old self with his practices and have put on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. In Christ there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, Holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ to which you were also called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, Submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and don't be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they won't become discouraged. Slaves, obey your human masters in everything. Don't work only while being watched as people pleasers, but work wholeheartedly, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do... Do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people, knowing that you will receive the reward and inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for whatever wrong he has done, and there is no favoritism. Masters, deal with your slaves justly and fairly, since you know that you too have a master in heaven. Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door to us for the word, to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains, so that I may make it known as I should. Act wisely toward outsiders, making the most of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer each person. Tychicus, our dearly loved brother, faithful minister, And fellow servant in the Lord will tell you all the news about me. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, so that you may know how we are, and so that he may be encouraging your hearts. He is coming with Anesimus, a faithful and dearly loved brother who is one of you. They will tell you about everything here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, sends you greetings. As does Mark. Barnabas's cousin, concerning whom you have received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And so does Jesus, who is called justice. These alone of the circumcised are my co-workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. He is always wrestling for you in his prayers so that you can stand mature and fully assured in everything God wills. For I testify about him that he works hard for you, for those in Laodicea and for those in Heropolis. Luke, the dearly loved physician, and Demas send you greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters in Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her home. After this letter has been read at your gathering, have it read also in the church of the Laodiceans and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. And tell Archippus, Pay attention to the ministry you have received in the Lord so that you can accomplish it. I, Paul, am writing this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Colossians. So if you had to pick out one word that maybe stood tall amongst all the other words that I just read in Colossians, what was the unrelenting drumbeat that you heard over and over and over? One noun that kept popping up again and again and again. Christ. You know what the second most common noun in Colossians is? God. The third is Lord. What also shows up is Jesus and man. Man. Paul is leaning into an unadulterated, highly adorned, exalted Lord Jesus Christ because he is the answer for whatever environment we are in. Thousands of pages of commentary have been written trying to back into what exactly the problem with the Colossians was and specifically putting it into a box. I will tell you, I think the answer with their problem was just yes to everything. And Paul says the answer to yes to everything is Christ. So that will be our focus. So if you didn't like Mark because we talked too much about Jesus and you thought he came up too much in Philippians, well, you're right where you need to be uh, because we're going to talk a lot about our Lord Jesus Christ. And here is my prayer for our study. This is uh, from a song by Sovereign Grace Worship. Uh, The title of this song is Christ Our Treasure, and I would commend to you the CD of the same, uh, the glorious Christ. But this, this is our prayer, my prayer for us. Lord, our feet have wandered all the earth unsatisfied, drinking from a sea of emptiness that has left us dry. So we turn our eyes to Christ, our treasure. For there is none like Him. Precious Jesus, there is none like Him. He is living water, word of life, forever true. Every blessing and joy abounding is found in knowing Him. So we fix our eyes on Christ, our treasure. He is grace for the guilty, help for the needy, strength for the weary, Hope for the grieving, healer of sickness, fountain of goodness, faithful provider, gracious redeemer, mighty in power, awesome in splendor, author, perfecter, keeper, and sustainer, and the only one who can satisfy our souls. We are going to relish in our Lord Jesus Christ, and I hope you're excited about it. And if you can't tell, I'm a little excited about Colossians and the teal color that it is. So I'm so excited, in fact, that I went to Staples and I bought a teal colored binder. (laughs) Bam! How about them apples? All right, there we go. Good deal. So you should have on your tables a piece of paper that looks like this. It's got our Sunday school with some details on one side and our Uh, Weekly update on the other, we have scheduled today at El Matate a lunch. So if you would like to attend, reinforce your decision to me after Sunday school today that you want to attend because I need to tell my friend Omar how many people we got showing up. So there's that. Uh, But with all of that, it is time to move into our time of prayer. So at your tables, uh, if you would share prayer requests, write down those. We'd love to pray for those. When you are finished praying, you are free to go and to worship this one that we just can't quit talking about. And if you would like to take me up on my offer of a commentary, they're up here. And if we run out, I promise you I have a great big stack at my house and we will get more. So thanks for coming today, guys. Thanks for engaging. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and weekly email. You can subscribe to all three of those at OurSundaySchool.com. Grace and peace to you.